Hey gang, this is Lisa Peck, and welcome to Revive with Lisa Peck podcast. I am so excited about helping you learn how to be more relationally attuned. In a world filled with struggles and conflict and tension, I hope to make relational health fun and easy. Not all of us need therapy, not all of us can afford therapy, but I believe all of us can grow more wise and insightful and engaging in the connections we have with ourselves, with others, and with our God. I'm convinced that all of us can learn the art of calm, of awareness, and of investing relationally. Through my podcast, I hope to give you an opportunity to listen and maybe even practice with your own people. And in so doing, together, we get to help usher in a relational revival. Welcome to Revive with Lisa Peck. Hey gang, and welcome back to part two of Managing the Christmas Crazies, where I pick up with my friend and colleague, Tara Sampler, about the strategies she uses and coaches others to use when trying to traverse the holiday season with the greatest amount of ease, as much as is possible with small kiddos, children from hard places, and, well, with extended families in general. In this segment, Tara talks about dysregulation and what to do when it shows itself. What I found delightful, these suggestions are applicable for all of us, not just adopted or foster families. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed interviewing this remarkable mama. You know, you you mentioned extended family a couple of times. Sounds like that's been an area of growth and sometimes tension. Would you like to speak into that, Tara? (laughs) Sure. So I had a feeling you were going to ask me about this. And I I don't know if you have ever watched the Gilmore Girls, but I was like having a little bit of anxiety because there's this one episode where Lorelai gives this interview to this magazine (laughs) and she accidentally spills all of this stuff about her mom, Emily, and and Emily is furious. And so I was like, oh no, that's going to be me. (laughs) I'm going to get phone calls from South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. You're suddenly dysregulated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, and a lot of our family are really great and they are, you know, they understand that our kids just come with some extra needs mm-hmm. and that that's okay. Uh, and so they're, for the most part, they are willing uh, to do what we need and to not, I don't want to use the word cater to what we need, but just be, come from a place of understanding. Try to yield and and defer a little bit more than they might in other venues. Right. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we've had, we've had to have some conversations with family. We will not make our kids hug and kiss you that that's just not something we're going to do I wouldn't make that I wouldn't do that to my biological children either but especially my kids from hard places I am not I'm not going to do that if they say no their no is no Mm -hmm. and you know different things like that uh there are 
times where I have disappointed family members Mm -hmm. because I said that we can't stay for five hours. We will be there from two to five. And Mm -hmm. those are, or two to four, Mm -hmm. those are the times that we'll be there. And uh, that's, if you want to do presents, if you want to do a meal, whatever you want to do, these, these are the hours that will be there. And, and that can leave people feeling disappointed because then now you have messed up their expectations of the perfect holiday Mm -hmm. scenario scene. And, and so just having to remind myself that my kids come first and not in a mean or selfish way that I don't care what is important to my family members, but also again, they are the grown up mm-hmm. and my kids are the kids. And so ha- my kids need to see that I care about them. And even when I have family members say, but they're doing fine right now. Well, sure. Mm-hmm. However, if we remain, I can predict what is going to happen. And it's and, not going to be pretty. Right. And and if I know that, why would I want to put my kids in that situation mm-hmm. uh, where they are then made the bad guys? Right. They are then made the person who has ruined right. <laughs> Christmas or Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I, I just won't do that to my kids. And so I've had, we've had to have some hard conversations mm-hmm. that no, the, this is where our line is. And if you are unable to respect that, uh, if you're unable to understand that, I, I get that that's hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're feeling disappointed and, and I can have some compassion for that, but then maybe we just shouldn't come this year. Yeah. Yep, maybe we'll try it again next year. Yeah. Absolutely. And it sounds, what I try to encourage people, and it sounds like what you're doing too, is you can't do this on the fly. You you get to kind of have a plan before you see. And it isn't just extended family. It can be friends. It can be small groups. It can be, you know, a Christmas party. It can be any number of things where when, and it isn't, I don't even think it's just the, the, the kids that ha- come from hard places, it's, it's little, especially it can be teenagers. Mm-hmm. It's really any age. I think we have to help set everybody up for success by let's have a general idea of this mm-hmm. is kind of the drill. This is how it's going to go down and we'll keep improving on it each year with open communication, but let's practice yes. a lot of grace and acceptance in managing our own feelings. And for some families, that's easy. For other families, it's, it's still a work in progress, huh? Absolutely. And, you know, I, I can understand. So, so again, back to remaining curious, if you are setting these boundaries and saying, Hey, you know, mom, dad, grandma, I can't, we can't stay as long this year. They are all of a sudden angry with you just remaining curious about that too. Mm-hmm. It's so key. Grandma, you're, you're really treating me a little differently now that 
and, and I'm just really wondering what that's about for you instead of, well, I'll show her, right? Which is my personality. I wanted to say, well, we'll we just won't come at all then. Right. Or I'll get in grandma's face. Grandma, your face is looking like a prune, which communicates you're really disappointed. And it's not usually with a tone of loving grace. It's usually with shame and condemnation, which doesn't help in those scenarios. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I like it. Stay curious. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, you know, back to being, just being prepared, deciding how long are we going to stay? Mm -hmm. uh, What times are we coming and what times are we leaving based on what, you know, you know your kids best. So what time of day is best for them. It's kind of like when we plan birthday parties as parents, we choose when they're going to be in the good mood. <laughs> That's right. So uh, you, you really have more control over some of these things than you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it might feel a lot like I have to do this or we're going to have cold war for the next six months, right? Right. That that might be how it feels, but are your kids worth having a little discomfort? Are they worth that? Once you are able to set some things in place with your family and they kind of know what to expect and, you know, if this happens, then we're going to leave. And it's not because we're mad, it's that we're trying to protect our kids and, and, cater, defer to what they need uh, because they are the kids. We are the Mm -hmm. grownups. Once you have some of those rhythms in place, then your family is just going to roll with it uh, for the most part. For the most part, there are some exceptions, Mm -hmm. um, some, some harder, more difficult family members that but for the most part, they're just going to roll with it. And they, they are going to begin to see and notice what your kids need too. And, and that's a real beautiful thing when that happens, uh, when you're, when your family's able to say, Hey, I got this. Uh, you, you go take a nap. I'm like, yes. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Right. And, and I can do that with some of my family members now because they, because they have watched me and they are learning what my kids need now too. So once you get these rhythms in place, it it's uncomfortable at first, sure. And there might be some tension at first, sure, some hurt feelings. But if you could have two uncomfortable holiday seasons and then the rest be really great. Exactly. I think I think it's that's a pretty good yeah. Return on yeah. investment for sure. Learning curves are hard for all of us. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what it is. I mean, I'm trying to learn all things technology and it, it the learning curve is steep. Once you learn it, it's not hard and all of us can have a growth mindset and say we, it's going to take us yes. it's going to take us a few seasons to get down our rhythm, but we will get it down. And I think speaking encouragement yes. into that, it's not going to be like this forever. Thank you for your patience. Yeah. Gratitude yeah. for mm-hmm. the steps that are taken, I think is mm-hmm. super helpful too. Well, we're on the subject, and I know we don't have a lot of time, but you understand as as one who who has trained a lot in in trauma care, can you talk Mm -hmm. about a dysregulated child and what are some 
strategies to help our people know how do we help ground those children and help them traverse whatever event is triggering them? Yeah. Um, you know, dysregulation in kids can, uh, it can look varied. Um, it, you know, s- some of my kids, it comes out as just a lot of anger mm-hmm. and clenched fist and um, rocking or pacing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that can look like um, dysregulation for them can look like that. Uh, sometimes I, I have another kid who, when you have six kids, you have a, a lot <laughs> of different spectrum. variations. <laughs> yes. uh, I have another kid who gets really wound up and excited and over the top. And it is, uh, it feels sometimes impossible to bring him back down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, then I have, I have another child that gets really weepy mm-hmm. and just, uh, I don't really know why I'm crying, but I'm crying and I just can't stop it like that kind of thing. Right. Uh, so, you know, it can look at different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so part of that is just learning your kids. I, I hate to be a broken record, but it's part of that remaining curious when they are having experiences like this. What is that about? That's how you learn your kids. You, you, oh, they did this when this happened last time. So <laughs> might be onto something here. I see a pattern. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl and, does that with me. It's like, okay, I'm seeing a pattern with you. <laughs> right. Yeah, so. right. We're talking dysregulated yes. kids, but we've got dysregulated adults too. So yeah. absolutely, uh-huh. absolutely. So it can look different ways. Uh, part of that is is again learning your kids, and you know them better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. When my family is telling me, "Well, he's just having a good time," nope, nope, that's not what that means. <laughs> not what that means at all. Not even but close. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you know your kids and you don't have to allow someone else who doesn't know your kids tell you what their behavior is. Mm. Again, setting boundaries with that, realizing, okay, when, when my kid starts talking 90 miles a minute, what are they needing from me? Mm. A lot of this regulation Mm -hmm. is trial and error. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, depending on what your kids, what fits with them, what fits mm-hmm. with their personality, you know, some of the, some breathing techniques that I do with my kids, I have them, I'll hold up my five fingers and I'll have them blow out the candles. One of my kids loves that. Mm-hmm. He wants to blow out the candles a mm-hmm. hundred times a day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can do that. <laughs> it keeps you calm. Absolutely. All day long, baby doll. Um, I have another kid who, if I ask him to blow out the candles, it sends him into more of a rage. And I'm like, okay, not going to do that. Clearly, we're not going to blow out the candles. We're not going to breathe in on the cookie and blow on the cookie. We're not going to do any of that. No. Mm -hmm. So really, uh, physical touch for him is what Mm -hmm. helps him to regulate. A lot of helping our kids regulate is co-regulation. 
allowing them to sort of borrow your regulation, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, this is what, so showing them, this is what it looks like to be calm, Mm. um, match mommy's voice, um, match mommy's breathing, put, put your hand on my chest and breathe just like mommy, Mm -hmm. things like that. So one of, one of my kids, I will hold and like a bear hug because Mm -hmm. like he will get really worked up and I will just hold him in a bear hug and Mm -hmm. we will, I will say match mommy's breathing. It takes a little while sometimes and, Mm -hmm. but that's what he needs to calm down another little guy he loves he loves blowing out the candles and Mm. and he's very orally fixated and so finding something for him to bite down on is really important for him Mm -hmm. Uh, so it really is all about learning your kids learning Mm -hmm. who they are and what they need Mm -hmm. so that you are prepared to help them What do you do with a kid who is just, maybe they hit themselves or they're, I'm so Mm -hmm. stupid, I I hate myself, speaking Mm -hmm. ugly things to themselves in their form of dysregulation. And then what do you do with the kids that just shut down completely and just, I need to go away? So those two scenarios Mm -hmm. I'm also thinking. We, I have experienced some of the, you know, um, lower scale self-harm. So, you know, hitting myself, hitting themselves, saying, I'm so stupid. Um, I can't believe I did that. Things like that. Um, I have experienced that with some kiddos who have been in my home, in my home. I found just, uh, well, number one, I want to make sure they're safe. And Mm -hmm. so if they are hitting themselves, I am going to hold them in such a way that they're not able to do that anymore. And then I just start speaking life over them Mm. and just really telling them what God says about them. Mm. And, um, and not only what God says, but what I see in them as well. I would imagine God would see too, because he created them. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but what I'm seeing in them, so speaking life over them and, and then I would want to have a conversation once they are regulated, I would want to have a conversation again, being curious, what, what was it that gave you the indication that you are stupid or that Mm -hmm. you were not worth anything? I'm just really curious about that. Was it a frown? Was it a, because again, more information allows me to help my kids better in the future. Mm -hmm. And, and so once again, again, once they're regulated, having that conversation, because if they're dysregulated, they're not going to be able to go there. Mm-mm. <laughs> well, and when kids are dysregulated, it's hard sometimes for mamas and daddies to stay regulated and Present. to stay calm. And they mm-hmm. need to be able to, you know, kind of co-regulate, I think was the term that you used to yes. borrow some of your calm. And so moms yeah. and dads need to make sure they're able to do that before they try to have a conversation to help kids get regulated. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know, there, Jason and I tag team, there are some days where I'm like, uh, uh-uh, they're not going to get regulation for me because <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> yep. And so, you know, that's part of asking for help. And, and I understand not everyone is married who is a parent, Mm -hmm. 
but asking for help, mm-hmm. um, building that community around you right. so that you have some people. You know, my, my kid is losing his mind right now and I'm about to be right there with him <laughs> <laughs> because I realistically, I, I have days like that because as adults, we don't stop being triggered once we're adults. No. Um, Good and point. so, and so we, need at times to call in some reinforcements. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you, you've got to take this because Mm -hmm. it's not, it's going to go nowhere fast. If I, Mm -hmm. if I take lead on this. That's great. Really, really wise. What would you say about the kid that just gets really quiet and shut down and kind of the hypo regulated kiddo? Yeah. So I have, I have a, a kid that's like this and Um, you know, I become like a mirror Mm. and, uh, really mirroring what I'm seeing. I'm really seeing this in you. Does that fit? Does that fit with Mm. what you're, what you're experiencing right now? And sometimes they are so dysregulated. They'll just be like, I don't know. I don't know. Get away from me. You know, (laughs) I, um, and that, and that's okay too, but coming I, so another thing is don't force it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just let them be where they are. Um, let them know that you see them and that you care. Those mm-hmm. are the two most important things you could do for any of your kids, any but especially the ones that are kind of shutting down because they tend to get pushed to the side yes. or overlooked. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So letting them know that you see them and you care. And when I, I just say, okay, so when you do know, would you come let mommy know? Because mm-hmm. I, I want to be able to care for that. When you, when you do kind of figure this out or what's coming up for you here, just let me know so that mm-hmm. we can really work through that together. And then I follow up. I don't just leave it there. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I respect their boundaries too. So I don't sit there and ask a million questions mm-hmm. if they're just not feeling it. I, but I will circle back around so that, again, they know that I see them and that I care. They're worth the effort. Yes. Yeah. Really good. Though she was a bit hesitant, likening my question about the holidays with extended families to Lorelai on the Gilmore Girls, she still jumped right into the discussion with boldness and insight, highlighting several possible disappointments family or friends might experience during our holiday time together. For example, she and Jason do not make any of their kids hug or kiss a relative. Instead, they help reinforce their children's no. They typically do not stay as long as loved ones might want them to. Instead, they set and maintain time limitations based on the needs of their children. The last disappointment she highlighted is the fantasy of the perfect family Christmas. Honestly, It's one most of us experience when we don't do things exactly the way the unspoken family rules dictate. Tara stated that by prioritizing her children's needs over her extended family's wishes, she is protecting her children from being the bad guy or from being the person labeled as the one who ruined Christmas. In my opinion, the sooner we debunk that myth of the perfect Christmas, the better. She made an important distinction that's worth my saying again. 
It is a privilege and responsibility of parents to know our children's limitations, which enables us to better set them up for success. It's also an opportunity to invite adults to be adults and allow children to be children. These boundaries aren't put in place to be mean or because we don't care about the needs of others or because we want everyone to pander to the demands of a toddler. It's simply a way of honoring one another. Kids don't know their own limitations. It's a parent's job to teach them. If we don't, those children may grow up into adults who don't know how to say no or who are burdened with way too much responsibility. The expected outcome of this dynamic is a world filled with people-pleasing, highly anxious, and depressed adults. The steps we take with our kiddos today help to set them up for better health in the future. So no guilt, set and maintain those boundaries, parents. I love that Tara did mention having compassion for her family's disappointments, though she didn't back down from the boundaries. She reviewed her suggestions from part one of this interview. Remain curious, be prepared, and lower your expectations prior to the event. She validated the possibility of the Cold War developing as a result of your boundaries. I loved her reminder. Are your kids worth a little discomfort? Take a minute to ponder that question. Did you realize one day this could be what your children come to know? That they are valuable enough for you to set aside your own comfort in order to protect them and love them well? Granted, it might not happen until they are adults with their own kiddos. However, it is still a powerful message to instill over and over in them. I also appreciated that she reminded us, once those rhythms are in place, they're just going to roll with it for the most part. In all likelihood, you are not going to have to deal with this discomfort again and again. And in time, those family members will begin to learn your children and what those kids need too. It simply takes some time, some practice, and getting through the discomfort and tension of the first few years. Remember, too, a little appreciation, encouragement, and validation goes a long way in making the transition to a more boundaried and healthy holiday. We moved on to the subject of dysregulation and strategies to help everyone get and stay grounded. Emotional dysregulation, or what some therapists call affect dysregulation, is defined by trauma experts as the impaired ability to regulate and or tolerate negative emotional states and has also been associated with interpersonal trauma and post-traumatic stress. Now, I will add that it isn't only associated with trauma. It can also be seen with various mood or personality disorders, but for this interview, We are talking about those who struggle to manage the intense ups and downs that are often associated with holiday or family gatherings. Tara shared from the trenches of her own life how dysregulation can look differently depending upon the child. Some become angry with pacing, rocking, and clenched fists. Others get super excitable. Others just get really weepy. Tara suggested multiple strategies. Let me remind you of them again. Number one, learn your kids. Number two, remain curious. Hmm, what's that about? 
because this is what's going to help you learn your kids. Number three, set boundaries. You do not have to allow someone who doesn't know your kids to tell you what their behavior is. Number four, ask your kiddo when he or she starts acting in a dysregulated way. What are you needing from me right now? Might be a question you could ask. Number five, extend grace to yourself through the learning curve. A lot of getting your kids regulated is trial and error. Number six, and I quote, lots of helping our kids regulate is co-regulation. It might sound like this is what it looks like to be calm or match mommy's breathing. Number seven, she said again, learn your kids so you know who they are and what they need. And that way you are prepared to help them. I dove in a bit deeper with a couple of questions specifically for adults who have kids with a temptation to hurt themselves or kids who have shut down completely, what we call hypo regulation. She again shared professionally, but also from the trenches. Number one, make sure they're safe. If they're hitting themselves, she holds them in a way that they are unable to hit themselves anymore. Number two, she starts speaking life over them what God says, and what she sees in them as well. Number three, once regulated, go back with openness and curiosity. What was it that gave you the indication that you're stupid or not worth anything? She added, more information allows me to better help my kids in the future. Number four, ask for help. Tag team with your partner. Build your community with other adults that know your kids. She sagely encouraged, we don't stop being triggered once we're adults. For the kiddos who get shut down, she mirrors what she sees. Hmm, I'm seeing blank. Does that fit with what you're experiencing right now? If your kids say, I don't know, or get away from me, That's just dysregulated language. Tara encouraged us not to force it. Respect their boundaries. Let them be where they are. Simply let them know that you see them and you care. Which might sound like, okay, when you do know, would you come let mommy know? Because I want to be able to care for that. She emphasized, be sure to follow up. This communicates that they are worth the effort. Wow. I don't know about you, but it feels as if we packed a lot of really valuable information into about 20 minutes. This week, I've been thinking about our action steps. Given we're about a week away from Christmas, let me encourage you to make a plan for your holiday gatherings. Maybe this year, we can set a boundary around the number of days or hours we spend with our loved ones giving a little extra downtime for our immediate family to enjoy. Or possibly, instead of losing our patience, this week we will seek to become more curious and calm with our people. Maybe we need to carve out more time for self-care in order to better regulate ourselves, especially if we are the ones our littles need to help them get and stay grounded emotionally. We need to be doing our own work to enable that to happen most effectively. Above all, 
this week as we approach Christmas. I pray that you, my dear listeners, will extend grace and patience with yourself. Progress, not perfection. Remember, B is a good grade. Next week, I will end my series, Managing the Christmas Crazies, with Tara sharing some of her family traditions and specific ways she and Jason maintain their own joy through this season. It can be done. Let me close today with the words of Paul Young, author of The Shack. Every human being is holy ground, if we have the eyes to see it. Until next time.